Section 30 of the Kerner Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marwak. Report of the National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders. Kerner Commission Report. Chapter 7. Unemployment, Family Structure and Social Disorganization. Part 2. The Social Impact of Unemployment Problems in Disadvantaged Negro Areas Unemployment and the Family The high rates of unemployment and underemployment in racial ghettos are evidence, in part, that many men living in these areas are seeking but cannot obtain jobs which will support a family. Perhaps equally important, most jobs they can get are at the low end of the occupational scale and often lack the necessary status to sustain a worker's self-respect or the respect of his family and friends. These same men are also constantly confronted with the message of discrimination. You are inferior because of a trait you did not cause and cannot change. This message reinforces feelings of inadequacy arising from repeated failure to obtain and keep decent jobs. Wives of these men are forced to work and usually produce more money. If the men stay at home without working, their inadequacies constantly confront them and tensions arise between them and their wives and children. Under these pressures, it is not surprising that many of these men flee their responsibilities as husbands and fathers, leaving home and drifting from city to city, or adopting the style of street-corner men. Statistical evidence tends to document this. A close correlation exists between the number of non-white married women separated from their husbands each year and the unemployment rate among non-white males twenty years old and over. Similarly, from 1948 to 1962, the number of new aid-to-families with dependent children cases rose and fell with the non-white male unemployment rate. Since 1963, however, the number of new cases, most of them Negro children, has steadily increased even though the unemployment rate among non-white males has declined. The impact of marital status on employment among Negroes is shown by the fact that in 1967, the proportion of married men, either divorced or separated from their wives, was more than twice as high among unemployed non-white men as among employed non-white men. Moreover, among those participating in the labor force, there was a higher proportion of married men with wives present than with wives absent. Fatherless Families The abandonment of home by many Negro males affects a great many children growing up in the racial ghetto. As previously indicated, most American Negro families are headed by men, just like most other American families. Yet the proportion of families with female heads is much greater among Negroes than among whites at all income levels, and has been rising in recent years. This disparity between white and non-white families is far greater among the lowest-income families, those most likely to reside in disadvantaged big-city neighborhoods, than among higher-income families. Among families with incomes under $3,000 in 1966, the proportion with female heads was 42% for Negroes, but only 23% for whites. In contrast, among families with incomes of 7000 or more, 8% of Negro families had female heads, compared to 4% of whites. The problems of fatherlessness are aggravated by the tendency of the poor to have large families. The average poor, urban, non-white family contains 4.8 persons, as compared with 3.7 for the average poor, urban, white family. This is one of the primary factors in the poverty status of non-white households in large cities. 
The proportion of fatherless families appears to be increasing in the poorest Negro neighborhoods. In the Hughes section of Cleveland, the proportion of families with female heads rose from 23 to 32 percent from 1960 to 1965. In the Watts section of Los Angeles, it rose from 36 to 39 percent during the same period. The handicap imposed on children growing up without fathers in an atmosphere of poverty and deprivation is increased because many mothers must work to provide support. The following table illustrates the disparity between the proportion of non-white women and the child-rearing ages who are in the labor force and the comparable proportion of white women. Percentage of women in the labor force. Age group, 20 to 24. Non-white, 55. White, 51. Age group, 25 to 34. Non-white, 55. White, 38. Age group, 35 to 44. Non-white, 61. White, 45. With the father absent and the mother working, many ghetto children spend the bulk of their time on the streets, the streets of a crime-ridden, violence-prone, and poverty-stricken world. The image of success in this world is not that of the solid citizen, the responsible husband and father, but rather that of the hustler, who promotes his own interests by exploiting others. The dope-sellers and the numbers-runners are the successful men, because their earnings far outstrip those men who try to climb the economic ladder in honest ways. Young people in the ghetto are acutely conscious of a system which appears to offer rewards to those who illegally exploit others, and failure to those who struggle under traditional responsibilities. Under these circumstances, many adopt exploitation and the hustle as a way of life, disclaiming both work and marriage in favor of casual and temporary liaisons. This pattern reinforces itself from one generation to the next, creating a culture of poverty and an ingrained cynicism about society and its institutions. The Jungle The culture of poverty that results from unemployment and family disorganization generates a system of ruthless, exploitative relationships within the ghetto. Prostitution, dope addiction, casual sexual affairs, and crime create an environmental jungle characterized by personal insecurity and tension. The effects of this development are stark. The rate of illegitimate births among non-white women has risen sharply in the past two decades. In 1940, 16.8% of all non-white births were illegitimate. By 1950, this proportion was 18%. By 1960, 21.6%. By 1966, 26.3%. In the ghettos of many large cities, illegitimacy rates exceed 50%. The rate of illegitimacy among non-white women is closely related to low income and high unemployment. In Washington, D.C., for example, an analysis of 1960 census tracts shows that in tracts with unemployment rates of 12% or more among non-white men, illegitimacy was over 40%. But in tracts with unemployment rates of 2.9% and below among non-white men, reported illegitimacy was under 20%. A similar contrast existed between tracts in which median non-white income was under $4,000, where illegitimacy was 38%, and those in which it was $8,000 and over, where illegitimacy was 12%. Narcotics addiction is also heavily concentrated in low-income Negro neighborhoods, particularly in New York City. 
Of the 59,720 addicts known to the U.S. Bureau of Narcotics at the end of 1966, just over 50% were Negroes. Over 52% of all known addicts lived within New York State, mostly in Harlem and other Negro neighborhoods. These figures undoubtedly greatly underestimate the actual number of persons using narcotics regularly, especially those under 21. Not surprisingly, at every age from 6 through 19, the proportion of children from homes with both parents present who actually attend school is higher than the proportion of children from homes with only one parent or neither present. Rates of juvenile delinquency, venereal disease, dependency upon AFDC support, and use of public assistance in general are much higher in disadvantaged Negro areas than in other parts of large cities. Data taken from New York City contrasting predominantly Negro neighborhoods with the city as a whole clearly illustrate this fact. In conclusion, in 1965, 1.2 million non-white children under 16 lived in central city families headed by a woman under 65. The great majority of these children were growing up in poverty under conditions that make them better candidates for crime and civil disorder than for jobs providing an entry into American society. Because of the immense importance of this fact, the potential loss to the society of these young people, we describe these conditions in the next chapter. Note, Calculations of Non-White Subemployment in Disadvantaged Areas of All Central Cities, 1967 In 1967, total unemployment in the United States was distributed as follows, by age and color. Group, Adult Men, 20 and over. Non-White, 193,000. White, 866,000. Total, 1,059,000. Group, Adult Women, 20 and over. Non-White, 241,000. White, 837,000. Total, 1,078,000. Group, Teenagers, 16 to 19. Non-White, 204,000. White, 635,000. Total, 839,000. Group, Total, Non-White, 638,000. White, 2,338,000. Total, 2,976,000. Adjustments for the Census Bureau undercount of non-white males in the labor force amounting to 7.5% for the teenage group, 18% for the adult male group, and approximately 10% for adult females result in the following revised total employment. Group, adult men, non-white, 228,000, white, 866,000, total, 1,094,000. Group, Adult women, non-white, 265,000, white, 837,000, total, 1,102,000. Group, teenagers, non-white, 219,000, white, 635,000, total, 854,000. Group, total, non-white, 712,000, white, 2,338,000, total, 3,050,000. These figures cover the entire United States. To provide an estimate of the number of unemployed and disadvantaged neighborhoods within central cities, it is necessary to discover what proportion of the non-white unemployed are in central cities 
and what proportion of those in central cities are within the most disadvantaged neighborhoods. The Department of Labor survey at nine large central cities covering the first nine months of 1967 showed that these cities contained 27.3% of the total non-white labor force in the United States and 26.4% of total non-white unemployment. Hence, it is reasonable to assume that non-white unemployment is concentrated in central cities to about the same degree as the non-white labor force. In turn, the non-white labor force is located in central cities in about the same proportion as the non-white population, or 57.1% in 1967. Thus, central city unemployment among non-whites was presumably about 57.1% of the national figures. Non-white unemployment in all central cities. Rounded. Adult men, 130,000. Adult women, 151,000. Teenagers, 125,000. Total, 406,000. Within large central cities, about 62% of all non-white families lived in certain census tracts, which have been designated poverty areas. These tracts ranked lowest in United States cities over 250,000 persons in size, according to an index of deprivation, based upon family income, children in broken homes, persons with low educational attainment, males in unskilled jobs, and substandard housing. On the assumption that conditions in these poverty areas are comparable to those in the nine disadvantaged areas surveyed by the Department of Labor in 1966, the number of unemployed non-whites in disadvantaged areas of central cities is as follows. Footnote. The number of non-white unemployed in the more disadvantaged areas was 26% higher than it would have been had it been proportional to the total population residing there. Therefore, the proportion of central city non-white unemployed in poverty areas is assumed to equal 78.1%, 62% times 1.26. End footnote. Non-white unemployment in disadvantaged areas of all central cities, 1967. Adult men, 102,000. Adult women, 118,000. Teenagers, 98,000. Total. 318,000. The number of underemployed non-whites in these areas was about 2.5 times larger than the number of unemployed, but we have already accounted for some underemployment in the adjustment for undercounting, so we will assume non-white underemployment was 2.25 times adjusted unemployment for all three age and sex groups. The resulting rough estimates are as follows. Non-white subemployment in disadvantaged areas of all central cities, 1967. Group, adult men. Unemployment, 102,000. Underemployment, 230,000. Total subemployment, 332,000. Group, adult women. Unemployment, 118,000. Underemployment, 266,000. Total subemployment. 384,000. Group, teenagers. Unemployment, 98,000. Underemployment, 220,000. Total subemployment, 318,000. Group, total. Unemployment, 318,000. Underemployment, 716,000. Total subemployment, 1,034,000. End of section 30. Recording by Marwa.